Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Upper Tier, the football podcast we bring you on YouTube each and every day. Joining me tonight for a special AFCON update. We did bring you the preview there two weeks ago. Darren, how are we? I'm all good, brother. How are Tick- you on this fine evening? Tickety-boo, my friend. Tickety-boo. Um, if you'd like to contact the show, we're on the Upper Tier Podcast at gmail.com. You'll also get us on Twitter at the underscore upper underscore tier. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, the Upper Tier. Darren, where else are we? Where are we having a lot of fun at the moment? TikTok. TikTok, baby. TikTok. So get out there and you can follow us there, the Upper Tier Podcast on TikTok, where we drop a lot of clips from our shows and links and stuff like that. So a lot of good fun. Um, this is your AFCON update, so I said we'd jump on there and we'd have a look at um, some of some surprising results that came out of the groups nonetheless, two that come to mind anyway, but we'll get into them and then we'll also go around the round of 16 results and then we'll have a look towards the quarterfinals and see what we think and we'll finish with some hot topics coming out of this tournament to say the least, to say the least, and you as Mystic Mac and DJ Dazzler, you did predict some of this stuff may go down. <laughs> I told you. I just, this is, we talked about this being the festival of football and fun. But it's also, it's also like, you know, a catastrophe and, 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 and chaos at the touch of a button. You know, it really, really is. And, you know, we've got to be very mindful, obviously, with, and, and be very respectful with what's gone on recently, you know, but yeah. I think the competition that as a whole has been, you know, it's been bonkers. It really has. There's been so many talking points and we'll get them in the hot topics and stuff like that, obviously, you know, Absolutely. but it's just on and off the pitch. It's the entertainment value is it's box office really, isn't it? It's crazy. Before we start the show, of course, I'd like to dedicate tonight's show to the memory of those people who lost their lives at that match there the other day, um, absolutely tragic. Um, absolutely. Should never happen and very, very unfortunate. So our thoughts and prayers go out to all their families and anyone associated with it and also all the injured people there at the moment as well. Some, I think, who are still fighting for their lives and stuff like that as well. So our thoughts and prayers are with them and hopefully that they pull through and they're on the mend. So I thought we'd put that out there. Let's get into the show. Um, so if we look at the group stages, um. The big ones that stuck out for me, obviously, Ghana and Algeria, I think were the two very strange uh, results that crashed out. Thoughts on the group stage? Yeah, it was, it seemed to be, the group stage seemed to be a bit of a slog for everybody, didn't it? There was certainly, there wasn't too many goal fests there. Um, Everything was kind of, everything was tight. And I mean, in previous years, we've probably seen lots of goals in the AFCON. It really seems like the managers and the coaches of these teams of trying to set their style out by, by being a little more, um, you know, controlled from the back moving forward. And and we haven't maybe seen the flair that's on show, you know, because we know there's a serious uh, amount of talent over there and, and in this competition. But I kind of feel like at the minute, defence is, is dominating the attacking uh, threat at the minute, you know, and it's, it's obviously from a coach's point of view, I'd say there's a lot of happy coaches that, you know, stuff they've worked on is going the right way and stuff like that. But I think from a fan's point of view, it's been a hard watch at times other than, you know, the extracurricular activities that have gone on, you know. Um, but it's been, it's been tough in, in parts, I have to say. It really has. And I know we talk about the pitches don't necessarily 
help the situation. We've seen a couple of really poor pitches and stuff like that, but I still think, you know, you've got to be seeing more goals at a, at a tournament like this, don't you? Definitely. I, I suppose the problem you have as well is you have teams maybe that are playing against other teams that are kind of emerging nations when it comes to football. And yeah. what happens is they know they only have to do a certain amount to get through, so they're not going to push themselves. But certainly when you talk about goals in the group stage, I certainly expected a lot more goals in the round of 16 when we're sort of getting into the quality side of the tournament. And that failed we, to deliver as well. Yeah, we didn't um, We didn't even see, you know, at times there's some of the emerging nations, as you mentioned, get through to an AFCON. And then when they get there, they might get pumped once or twice in the group stages. We haven't seen that. You know, there hasn't been whipping boys in any group. Maybe teams, you know, went through the group stage without picking up a massive amount of points, but they weren't getting thumped. You know, everything was very tight. It was a goal here and a goal there. And I think that's probably due to, you know, a lot of the, certainly a lot of the smaller nations and a lot of the emerging nations decided we maybe can't go out and play head to head with these guys. But if we're very, very organised and if we're well drilled and stuff like that, we can keep them out, you know. And yeah. and and that's that's where I would see a, a big a big step forward in the uh, in the style, you know, because defensively for a while, some of the stuff you were saying was it was catastrophe football at, at times, you know. Whereas this looks so much more solid, it really, really does. Like. Yeah, and hats off to those nations who are kind of like some of them are debuts and stuff like that, as far as I know. So yeah. hats off to them. They're giving a good account of themselves. Um, and certainly some of their players putting themselves in the shop window as well. Launch it. Launch it. Launch it. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting one. I mean, it was it was kind of a weird group stage as well, because Egypt got off to kind of a slow start as well. And uh, we were yeah. going to, I wasn't worried about Egypt because I'd welcome Mo Salah back with open arms. There's no doubt about it. Um, it, 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 it was. Yeah, but it was an interesting one. If we get into the round of 16, um, I do like penalties. <laughs> you know? um, they're always kind of clutch, but I always worry about penalties in these tournaments and stuff like that, you know, because um, from a you safety certainly point like of penalties. You certainly like penalties far more than any Man United fan does, because as we go through these, you know, there's another couple of United misses and added to where... Rashford and Sancho and added to the Europa League final and stuff like that, you know. So we haven't had a lot of a uh, haven't had a lot of luck with penalties recently, you know. And and obviously yeah. Eric missed missed the one that cost the Ivory Coast, you know. And Mo clutches always. Mo stepped up last, you know. Yeah, and took his popped it away lovely as well. Lovely penalty. Yeah, I have yeah, to listen, say, I'm I, put don't it think, out there I don't as well. think this is. Yeah, no, go on. I don't think Emil Mo is going to be phased by anything at this. You know, if you look at the stage he plays on, obviously, at Anfield and the Premier League and the Champions League, not to say this is a step down, but it's certainly not, you know, the eyes of the world aren't necessarily on it the way they would be in the Premier League. And the t- So I think from a pressure point of view, although there might be a, pressure, a lot of pressure coming from Egypt and coming from home and stuff like that, I think maybe that's it, it, there's probably an enjoyable phase to this for, for Mo and some of the lads that are over there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to put it out there as well. That Egyptian jersey looks the business, doesn't it? That kind of baby blue with a bit of white going through. Like beautiful yeah. jersey. Absolutely. Very it like, uh, it's very like the United. Don't, doesn't United have a jersey like that or a train on top at the moment? Um, we had a, a, a retro jersey and it was a remake of a retro from, from the early 90s. 
Yeah, is that that's one of your current kits at the moment, though, isn't it? That light blue one. The light blue last year. Yeah, it's there this year as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's nice that that um, that uh, Egyptian jersey is beautiful. Um, so if we look at look at around the sixteen, I mean, obviously Tunisia putting Nigeria out. Um, what big result, massive result, huge yeah. result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I looked at um, what other one came? Uh, I, I, I was Cameroon just beating uh, Comoros two one. Yeah, um, tight game like for Cameroon, tight game. Yeah, very very tight. And I mean Cameroon are the hosts here, so yeah. they do have they do have you know stadiums full of fans and stuff like that that are that are trying to help them and suck that ball into the net you know but mm. they've they've kind of stuttered and stammered their way through it haven't they yeah and they're probably there's no doubt that Cameroon team the team has been affected as well by what happened the other day and stuff like that as well there's no doubt absolutely that, you know yeah. so interesting um Senegal as well um made hard work at Cape Verde as well Mane Mane comes up with the goal but um takes a bad old head injury well, I think the, the talking point wasn't necessarily the goal, but it was what happened after the goal. So, I mean, the, the clash with the goalkeeper happened before he scored. Mm. So, in theory, he was probably concussed when he scored the goal. Yeah. Now, the goal was a very well-taken goal. You know, it's a right-footed ball, uh, shot into the far corner, hits the crossbar, comes down really, really well-taken. And he actually kind of pulls up in a celebration and ends up on the floor and uh, like the amount of people that were around him stuff you, you know obviously at a FIFA tournament you'd be you'd call on your doctor and your medic or whatever but this was like the substitutes were on those doctors those lads in suits those security guards were kind of thinking what's going on here um, but they, they managed to get him off the pitch anyway and I think he's been treated for a HIA and stuff like that hasn't he yeah, absolutely. The head injury. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was worrying times all right when he went down and stuff like that. Good L right. Yeah, proper smack like you know. So, but yeah, uh, they got through anyway. Um, Morocco going through Morocco going through two one against Malawi. Um, yeah. Not not um um not not um not a big surprise. Yeah, not a big surprise. Then Ivory Coast and Egypt. This was one I was surprised that it ran out and nil nil. I thought there might be goals in this because there's a bit of quality in there on both sides. There's a lot of quality there. Mm. A lot of quality. Um, I, I actually looked at the lineups before it went out and I thought, you know what, this could be a great game. Mm. Um, and it really, really wasn't. Yeah. You know, the, the, the guys did cancel each other out. Yeah. Um, it, everything was very, very scrappy, but it was... Yeah, it wasn't great now, to be honest with you. Yeah, when I first looked at it on paper, I was thinking, this is a game worthy of a final of an AFCON. Absolutely. And then but, when, I, when I seen how it ran out, then I was glad it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, the, the bottom fixture in this, uh, Mali versus Equatorial Guinea, that's an interesting one, because these are two teams now that are going to make it through to the quarterfinals, one of them. So it was an interesting one as well, but probably not surprising that it ran out nil-nil. And then ended up six five on penalties. Yeah, it was again. It was it was a little bit of the dredges again, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, this this whole round was very very was, was a very very tough watch, you know. Um, minimal, um, minimal, minimal kind of things to celebrate and and kind of incidents from a from a positive and an attacking point of view. Mm. Um, yeah, and I suppose it's a, it's a little bit of a shock. Um, Equatorial Guinea beating 
Mali, even though it was on the penalties, you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So we looked into the quarterfinals. So this is we're getting into the business end of the tournament now at this stage. Um yes. even though even though there's a couple of teams there um that you wouldn't necessarily think would be there at that stage, you'd expect your yeah. Ghana's to be there and you'd expect your yeah. Algeria's to be there and stuff. And your Ivory Coast. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Nigeria. So, um, yeah, so it's safe to say if you look if you look at the quarterfinal setups, probably Egypt versus Morocco is probably the toy of the quarterfinals. If I'm if I'm looking at it, would you think you're looking there? Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea. So I'll put it out there. I expect Senegal to go through there and be too strong for them. They should have goals, but you never know. Um, yeah, it, I, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think anything is a given in this competition. I have to say, mm. just because of how how tough it's been for teams to score goals, you know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see another couple of penalty shootouts, at, at, at least two from the four quarter finals. You know. Yeah, I'm uh, thinking. I'm thinking more in the bottom two toys, though. If I was thinking that way, would you? Maybe. Yeah. No, I think I think I actually don't. I actually think there's a lot of these games. You know, will be very tight and and could it will fall to one goal. You know, um. But yeah, like I think, especially depending on how Manny gets on, Senegal could struggle here against Equatorial Guinea. Mm. Yeah, it should be interesting. I I think they'll do okay. I I think I think once they get to the quarterfinals, it's like as if it's a wake up call and they go, you know, we're actually at a tournament now, and everything prior to this has been kind of nearly somewhat like training sessions. No disrespect to the teams that are in there, but I think they kind of treat it like they go through the motions. If they get a goal or two, they just sit on it. No one really wants to go. The, the one thing I find with them, there's a lot of respect between the teams. And I think no one wants to go out and pump the other team 10 nil or something like that because it, it doesn't do anything for the tournament. Yeah, and I think that's probably something we would have seen in years gone past, you know, and mm. and maybe it's a thing where there, you know, there's a little bit of a, a bit more pride on show and teams are kind of going, well, you know what, yeah, we might be a small nation, we might be an emerging nation, maybe we don't have the big players and the big budgets and the big transfer fees that mm. you guys have, but on the day we can put it up there to you and we can give you a you know what I mean? And that's that's happened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so what what what's your picks for the quarterfinals then? I mean obviously with Burkina Faso versus Tunisia and Gambia versus Cameroon in the bottom one, Egypt versus Morocco. The Egypt Morocco one's gonna be a tough one to call, isn't it? Personally, I think the winner of that wins the tournament. Of Egypt, Morocco. Yes. Okay. Um, I I actually backed Morocco earlier on in the tournament. Okay. Um, so that was that was my pick. Um, I actually backed them after the after the first round of matches in the group stage. Um, I think I got them at about seven to one. Okay. Um. So yeah, Morocco are a, they're a well-oiled machine. They've got players everywhere. You know, they've got good players. Like starting at the back, they've got the boy uh, Yassine Bounou, who's the Sevilla goalkeeper. Roman Soyes plays centre back. Obviously, there he's very solid at Wolves. And um, you know, we know he's good from a set piece and that uh, hit the bar obviously the other evening. Um, and moving forward, there's still you know there's there's, there's a lot of good players throughout the team. You got the boy um, El Haddadi. Um, again, he was he was massive at Barcelona at one stage, and 
um, and obviously slipped down the pecking order and stuff like that, and he headed off. But and you've also got the El Nasiri who plays up front for Sevilla, another really good footballer, um, scored a great header the other night from the corner. Morocco are, are for me, it's only me, but for me, our favourites to win this competition, I have to say, they've looked the most well-rounded football team mm. um, from front to back, you know, with goalkeeping, defending, midfield play, and, and, and they can score a couple of goals and stuff like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to see Morocco go through. Like, that's, that's me hope anyway. Yeah. I'm going to pick Morocco there. I think obviously, uh, the game above it, I think Senegal will do enough to get through, but I think it could get the penalties. You know, we might we might see it go that far with Equatorial Guinea. Mm. Um, I think Cameroon and Gambia. Am I right? Uh, Burkina, Burkina Faso and Tunisia. Yeah, but Cameroon and Gambia at the other side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I think I think Cameroon will be Gambia, um, host nation. You'd expect them to at least get into the semi-finals, wouldn't you? Before they start finding a bit of trouble. Mm. Um, I think the, the top game is is a difficult one to to call, um, which is Burkina Faso, um, and Tunisia, and Tunisia. Tunisia came in with not an awful lot of pressure on them. You know, where it wasn't necessarily that they were expected to go out and win this tournament, but from a from a team point of view, they're playing very very good football. They really really are. You know, I think you can see. There's a lot of the North African teams, Morocco, Egypt, Tunisia, playing a really good brand of football. Mm. And there's a lot of their guys um, playing in, a, in better leagues and stuff like that as a group, not necessarily as one-offs, you know? Yeah, the northern, uh, the northern countries tend to have the bigger export, don't they, in terms of players into Europe, especially yeah, into the French Italy. leagues and stuff like that. And all, Italy yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. Belgium, absolutely. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Tunisia. Yeah. To to get through against Burkina Faso, I'm gonna go for Cameroon. I'm gonna go for um, Senegal and Morocco. Morocco game could be very tight. I wouldn't be surprised to see it go to penalties. If it does, I definitely fancy Morocco because the boy Bruno is a goal, big goalkeeper. You know, fills the goal and stuff like that. And and as much as you know, Egypt have Mo and stuff like that. I don't know if they've got enough to back them up. I feel like he's he's kind of still out there in his own, obviously, you know. Yeah, it sometimes feels like it when you're looking at it as well. Yeah. Yeah, they I'm, do see try and get I'm, the ball into him every time. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see past the hosts. Cameroon. Yeah, I I think it's going to be very difficult. I think I think with them having kind of more or less home advantage and the crowds and all that kind of stuff, I think yeah. I think it's going to be um and it, it's daunting. You've seen it watching the matches and stuff like that. It's proper like. You know, proper intense football, tribal kind of stuff. You know, even though you get the color and the glitz and the glamour kind of of the tournament as well, in terms of the cultures and stuff like that. But when yeah. when when it comes down to the business end of this, it's like as if the teams switch on as much as the fan bases do. And I know Cameroon, their fan base will show up, and it'll be proper tribal at that stage in terms of trying to push their team home. You know, I can't see past Cameroon in terms of winning the tournament. Being honest, okay. It could be a very unhappy man, so yeah. I, I don't know. You, I mean, you could be right. It'd be interesting to say. I mean, look, I didn't. Um, it's it's not too much for me to get upset on. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and the thing about it is, I mean, if you look at the way the results have gone between the, the round of 16 and the group stages, anything can happen in these matches, as we know. Absolutely. 
and we're about to get on to talk about that now in some of the talking yeah. points and the hot topics. The first one I suppose we have to start with is VAR. And I wonder, did this tournament realise what it was opening when it opened up that box called VAR and put it in Pandora's there? box. And I'm just wondering, you know, we've seen the struggles in the Premier League with VAR. Yeah. And, and, and this, is, this is referees. I, I wouldn't say referees at a higher level, because we know that the refereeing in the Premier League is absolutely shocking. But I, I, it's definitely but it's at a better, better quite, level to the Afghan. not quite this bad. No. Yeah. So I'm thinking, in order for VAA, VAR heard, to be successful... I heard, I'm not sure if it's true or not, I heard that in the referees' change rooms at the AFCON, they've all got pictures up of the Messiah Mark Hogan. Like, that's, that's the grail, you know? <laughs> That's hell. <laughs> he he's that uh, he's that golden fleece, is he? He's on that wall. He's the shrine. He's on that wall, and, and at yeah. half time they go in and they they look at that picture and they say, "Messiah, how have we done?" Yeah, and Marky a... says, "Fucking shock and make it better in the second half." Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mark Mark is sitting in whatever version of Stockley Park there is for the Afghan. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely a tournament. Though. Like we should have got Mark on really for the update, but he's a, he's a bit down at the moment, so he's a, he's a bit under the weather. Let's say at the minute, um, but he will be back. He'll be back no doubt Monday night for deadline day. No doubt about it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know whether they understood what they were getting into it. And it's like when you're dealing, like we know the intensity of the crowds at the Premier League games with VAR when it kicks in and the decision is pending and is it a goal? Is it an offside? Was it a free? Was it a penalty and stuff like that? But it's a different beast, isn't it? When you're looking at these crowds at the AFCON, like they, they, I don't think they, they kind of, they, they understand what's going on and it gets quite intense. <laughs> No, and I mean, they also don't have... I mean, a lot of the stadiums in the UK, there's monitors or screens or something that you can avail of a replay. At times, you've got guys in the crowd watching the game on their phone. (laughs) And they're going, it's a pen, it's a pen. I don't think there's too many of the lads over there, you know, getting 4G in the stadiums and, 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 and... Keeping abreast of what's going on with the with the commentators on Sky, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it does it does you know leave things in a in a different sort of a sort of a manner. You know, it's 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 it very the the only um you know the only way of discussing that that I can describe it is when I go and watch pay per views in the US for the wrestling. It's a very different experience to when I'm sitting at home listening to JR or King or boys on the comedy. Absolutely. It has a different slant on it totally. And I think, yeah, I agree with you there. It's a different analogy, all right, yeah, but very yeah. similar in the thinking. Um, but yeah, VAR, like, it's been absolutely crazy. Like, it's just some of the decisions crazy. have been mad. Um, no, none less than, I mean, Mark will be pulling his hair out at this one. That referee calling time on the game put about seven, eight, nine minutes to go. And he did, it, he did it twice, didn't he? Yeah. Like he, he, was he blew the whistle twice before the 90th minute, you know, and it was just bonkers. It was absolutely bonkers. But even like, you know, as I said to you, the way Mane was taken off the pitch the other night, lads in suits with big lanyards around their neck kind of hauling them off. And you're like, who are these lads? Because nobody's a clue who they are. 
Are they security? Are they from the competition? Are they from the team? And it's all a bit chaotic, you know? Because I feel like if if I was at if I was at say, you know, in a way ground, if I was at Stanford Bridge and someone came on a suit to help one of the Chelsea lads, I would assume it was a Chelsea. It was a Chelsea official, you know? Yeah. Same thing, something happening. Whereas these games are played in a neutral venue. Who's walking onto the pitch and who's, you know, who's talking to referees and yeah, and the security is as loose as hell, like you know oh, what I mean? I mean it's you just, know just you know it's there's there's so many, you know, there's so many sinister sinister options there for people, yeah. you know. You've probably you've probably got guys going on and telling the ref, you know, you need to run this time down or we need to blow this up or yeah. you know, and it's just Badly. When you mentioned that Mane thing to me, the one thing I thought about the other day when we were discussing it was, remember that time your man came on the pitch to get the pitcher with United, the fan, the team yes. pitcher, and no one copped it at all. And I think it was Kane or whatever turned around and was looking at him. Or some yeah, one the of the players. Right yeah, in. the 12th man. And I was just thinking, like, down there, like, it's just... It's 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 open it's open season really, isn't it? I mean, really those, those guys carrying him off, they could be kidnappers. They could be anyone. They could have been carrying him to a van to take yeah. him down the road and take his legs off, and nobody would have said anything because I think there's a I think I think there's a different culture there, you know. And I think um, they don't maybe question things as much as we do. Now, listen, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot of questions getting asked. And I just I wasn't understanding them, but from yeah. what I could see, you know, it was it was mayhem. It really let, was. Let's just say there was a lot of personnel dealing with a, an isolated incident. That's yes. the way I would describe it. And it was just, absolutely. as you said, it was absolutely bedlam. Um, the the other one I wanted to bring up was the the wrong national anthem being played, and it beggars belief how this like, and they got it wrong three times. They didn't yeah. get it wrong once. They got it wrong three times. And I'm just looking going, how'd you get that wrong? I mean, how does that go astray? Yeah, again, I, I, I don't know whether that's coincidence. You know, we, <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's things going on there that we just... The only thing I think of was the guy who's in the music boot, who is, you know, a Maritine and, you know, person and he's yeah. not happy with the new anthem so he was basically saying fuck you I wasn't going to play the old one <laughs> that's yeah. how it kind of felt like you know what I mean because whatever about getting it wrong once but getting it wrong three times you're kind of really sending a message saying we don't really like the new one so we're playing well, the old one affect you like it's it's a political message isn't it you know kind of, yeah. for all the will in the world it's a political message <laughs> now it'll be, it'll be funny to see how, how FIFA if they bother looking into it or not you know because uh, I, I do get the feeling, you know, and you got to be careful how you say this, but I do get the feeling that, you know, you heard Gianni Infantino, he spoke yesterday about the World Cup being a um, a biannual thing and it would give opportunity, it would bring opportunity to Africa and stuff like that. And, but I do kind of think, like, when the AFCON is on, it's, all right, lads, look after yourselves over there, you know, a, a little bit more than it would be if it was the Euros or if it was the Copa America. Yeah. You know? It was like as if as if like if FIFA or if FIFA were on site, 
<laughs> it, it's slightly be slightly different. And I'm not saying there isn't representatives down there, but it's kind yeah. of like it's it's kind of like, well, lads, boys, this is the way it is. <laughs> you yes, know? You absolutely. Know? And then it's it kind of you do kind of think about it and you go, well, if it is a biannual thing, does it give more opportunity down there? Because certainly looking at at, at the current hosts. I mean, the whole thing, if you look at it as a package, I mean, we've spoken fondly about the colours and the festival and all that kind of stuff on it. But the reality of the nuts and bolts and bones of football leaves a lot to be desired, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think, you know, Pele tried to look into his crystal ball a number of years ago, didn't he? He did. And he said, you know, when we get to the, the 21st century, that's when an African team will win the World Cup. Well, looking at what's going on there at the minute, it's going to be a while. It really, really is. Yeah. And it's not for it's not for lack of talent, and it's not for lack of ability. Um, but I do think you know attitude has something to do with it as well. And I think before they look to win, for any of those teams that look to win a World Cup. I think the Afcon itself needs to look at itself and come up, come up a couple of levels, and, yeah. and come up a couple of levels yeah. so that we put these guys on a better platform, and yeah. by having them on a better platform, they can then step forward and and look at you know mm. maybe getting hold of a World Cup or because at the minute we haven't seen Afcon teams go go into those later rounds, go into those quarterfinals, those semi-finals, you know, mm. and I mean it's highly unlikely you're going to have a team who's never been to a quarter, go all the way to a final. It's going to be that stepping stone. You know, somebody yeah. will get to a quarter, maybe two teams will get to quarter finals one time. And then the next time, maybe they'll get someone to a semi and then maybe they'll get another semi and then eventually they'll get someone to a final. And You know, but but it's going to take a while. And with, and with World Cups being every four years, that's, that pads that out for, you know, for me, the next 20 to 30 anyway. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, um, I don't know if you caught the incident the other day, the one with Stephen Cocker and the goalkeeper. Um, this, this is the one where the, the, the keeper went down on it, but kind of played it back into the played it back into the goal. Yes, we did. Um, that was an interesting one because I wanted to get your thoughts on that because you being a, an ex goalkeeper, I was thinking absolutely bewildered by that when I was I mean I coach goalkeeper and Ben's a goalkeeper and all and I was looking at this and I was going who actually coached this guy and taught him that that's what you should do that you should push the ball back into the middle of the goal or whatever it was yes there's just so it's it's so devoid of any kind of strategy at times and you just think you know like are we just having to crack out in the street with the boys like or you know what's going on um, it's it's mental, I have to say, it really is, but very very enjoyable, you know, um, and and, and like you know, it, it is a tournament that I look forward to fondly. I have to say, you know, because mm. it is that festival, you know, of football, and and obviously you've got the the culture as well and stuff like that, which is which is you know it's important for us to be educated and stuff like that as well, yeah. you know, and not not be ignorant to the fact that this tournament is happening and that. And that, you know, certain teams are, you know, have this kind of pressure on them and other teams will have this, you know, and, and every country has their own, has their own but, talk. 
Well, that, well that's, that's kind of what we said. What we said was that the AFCON is yeah. the advertisement to introduce you to the, the culture of these nations, emerging nations and stuff like that, yeah, and their cultures and all that kind of great stuff. And if we get that out of the tournament, then the tournament has done its job. Tournaments yeah. like the AFCON, it's not necessarily about the nuts and bolts of the football. It's about the, I won't say it's about the taking part, but it's no. kind of about the taking part as well. No, because we're not American test. and we're not going to give them all medals for taking for uh, participation. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, it, it is important. And, and that's also, you know, when they talk about um, expanding the likes of a World Cup to, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the, the the every two years, the biannual thing. I'm that, that's, that's not for me, if I'm honest. Yeah. But I would certainly be in favour of expanding the number of teams in it because I, I want to see more teams get to that World Cup level yeah. and get to that and, and, and introduce more culture mm. to the World Cup and, and teams that have never met before. You know, I, I want to see Ireland and Mali. But, yeah. you know, I want to see that. I yeah. really do. With a proper, a proper, a proper seeding system. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and, and teams that, like, we're not going to play the boys anytime soon because it's not a ticket seller for, for the likes of the FAI. Mm. And it's only through competitions and stuff like that in tournament football that we would get that opportunity. But, you know, I, and I want to see, you know, I want to see Equatorial Guinea and South Korea because I want to see how the two styles match up and, and how, the you know... And, and the wanna, cultures, you know, the way the cultures blend. The cultures and merge and mash yeah. and stuff like that, you yeah. know, and... I think that's as important as anything. Rather than holding the thing every two years, let's let's yeah. expand it. Let's have thirty-two teams. Let's have it over four or five weeks, you know, and and, and let's do it every four years really, really yeah. well, and yeah. and give the people what they want, and you and know, kind of, kind of have a proper representation from each continent that's involved each around continent. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I think you, some yeah. of the some of the sure. smaller continents are are extremely limited with the number of spaces they get to play for. You know, and mm. um, if you're a if you're in um, Oceana, um, you, you may get one spot and a playoff spot. So it's very difficult then for, for smaller islands maybe who are competing with the New Zealands and the Australias yeah. to, to get a spot. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're not as... Now listen, maybe we're going to see a couple of teams thump at a tournament, but they got there. And, and, and think of what it does for that nation and for, and, and for those lads that get them there. You know, that, yeah. that launch is there their legacies and their countries and stuff like that, you know? Well, that's one of the things I've enjoyed about this tournament and you alluded to it earlier. No team has gotten slapped up. Whereas no. we've been very focal in the past when we've seen England beat Andorra 10-0 or whatever it is. Yeah. And we're saying that that should not happen. There's nothing that's... sporting about that at all. So that's no. what I've liked in this. And when I did look at this tournament originally, I was looking at the Egypts and the Senegals and stuff like that thinking they could really go in there and embarrass teams potentially, but it hasn't yeah. happened. As you said, they've come together. There's been a bit of fight and a bit of passion about these, these smaller emerging nations and stuff like that. And it's been great yeah. to see the fight and the goyle of it and stuff like that and all, you know. Two, um, two points I picked on up that were interesting about um, Nigeria. Nigeria is the only team to collect nine points at the group stage. And the last time it happened was Egypt in 2010. And they went on to win the tournament. And, and Nigeria got knocked out in the next round. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? Funny old game, isn't it? Absolutely. 
Um, and reigning AFCON champions, Algeria, was one of only five teams who didn't lead for a single minute of a game within the group stage. That's another startling fact, isn't it? Isn't that unbelievable? And that's why we said, look at the surprises at the start. Algeria, yeah. Nigeria, going out and stuff like that and all. You know, it was just, it was mad. These, these are big teams that have gone out who will be disappointed in their AFCON, if you like. You can bet your bottom dollar they will. Yeah. yeah. So we, we kind of... We started by dedicating the show to um the end that um that whole incident that happened stuff like that caused I think I think um eight people have lost their lives at this stage and thirty eight still injured and stuff like that. I seen some of the video footage um from outside the stadium and what was happening and stuff like that and it was um the footage was shocking wasn't it and it was just it was just I don't know how these things evolve and of course we've seen it down through history you know in our own regions and stuff like that, but we've got more of a handle on it in terms of control. This whole situation was out of control, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a very, very difficult watch. You know, it really is. And, and you know, it's not something... We, you know, we've said it before. Nobody should go to a football match and not return home. Not that's, home. that's just not how this game is supposed to be, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the fact that I think I think some who have passed away were kids as well, which is even worse, you know. It's just heartbreaking, yeah. especially for us as parents. Like you, imagine, it, you imagine us going to a tournament and one of our kids not coming home, you know. It leaves a, leaves a massive scar on the tournament as a whole. Hmm. You know, um, I, I do get the impression that at the end of this tournament, you know, the winners will be, oh, you guys won the year that you know, the incident happened. I think that's, I think that will be the overriding um, story Mem- memory. And, memory. and memory, you know, and, yeah. and that's sad as well because we don't need anything to overshadow the football, be it comedic referees or, you know, calamity VAR calls or whatever it is. We, we want to be looking at the football on the pitch and just, you know, sort of enjoying it and, 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 and being able to wonder at what's going on out there. And unfortunately, that's not been the case because of what's gone on this this time around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I suppose they're suffering as well from the fact that like there's great um there's great coverage of it. So yes. you can't you can't avoid it where it is in the past, they wouldn't have had the coverage that they've had at the moment. So like yes. it's out there and people are interested in it as well. And especially now when you're looking at kind of the round of 16 going into the quarterfinals, because all the other football is mainly on a break, it's yeah. only really AFCON football that we can really watch. So Absolutely. like everyone's coming in and watching it now and stuff like that. So yeah, the eyes of the world are very much on it. And it, it, it's a big step up now for the people who are organising this tournament to pull it back from where it is and kind of find a positive to finish on. Obviously not yeah. forgetting the memory of those people who have lost their lives and been injured. But. I think the only way, personally, that that happens is if Cameroon go on and win it. I think that helps to get some of that back, you know, where the story then becomes about this heroic team who who went and, and played in the name of their fallen fans and stuff like that. And that's... Yeah. You know, it's a bit cliche, but I think yeah. it's something that could, you know, could get the tournament back on side and could get people talking about the right things again, you know? 
Yeah, and I suppose I suppose it's so difficult for those families as well. But I, I suppose that the least they would hope for is that the memories of those people who have passed away is maybe enshrined in the home team, maybe winning the tournament and dedicating the win to the memory of those people, maybe. Absolutely. Know? And yeah. that's why that's why I'm that's why I'm batting for Cameroon and that's why I picked Cameroon earlier, you know, because I think that's a really big thing. It's a big statement and stuff like yeah. that. Well, look, we will be bringing you more updates. There's no doubt about it. We'll be we'll be watching with um, bated breath, let's say, about these quarterfinals. It'll be interesting to see if they're as tight as we think. Um, I I I firmly hope your Morocco bet keeps on going because I want my Egyptian king back home. I don't want them over there. I want them back home. I want them in Liverpool. That's where I want them. Um, but we shall see. Not that I want them ever to lose and stuff like that. But um. There's times where my bias. Well, you you, you wouldn't mind if he lost now. Let's be honest. No, 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 no. I, I, look, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't upset you. Let's say. No, I wouldn't have been too upset if the Ivory Coast had a went through. So long does as Mal didn't miss the penalty. Does he get a couple of days off if they get knocked out, or what's the story? Well, I suppose if well, I mean, football isn't back for over another week anyway. No, but I mean, look at poor Thomas Partey. He was out on a Tuesday. And had to play for Arsenal in the League Cup on a Thursday. Like, that's disgraceful. If you're selling your players and loaning your players out and you're not bringing players in, I have no sympathy for you at all. That is absolutely disgraceful. I mean, two games inside 48 hours, the travel, everything like... He was putting on the boots, walking down the steps of the plane. Shocking. Like, absolutely shocking. Really, really was. And I have to say, in a day when we speak about, you know, player welfare and stuff like that, Arsenal have a lot to answer to for that. He was um, practically and, doing rondos in the in the terminal. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it was re I have to say it was very let down by it, I have to say. Well, the chap found a way to get some time off, didn't he? One way he or another. Didn't. He did, but you know, he's he's a he's a proud boy, like he didn't he didn't go in there looking to get the red, but I don't think Arsenal did him any favours because I think, you know, you could. It was very evident he was off the pace. Yeah. Now, be it that when they got knocked out in the Tuesday night, himself and the boys had a few points. I don't know, or 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 was it the, you know, the travel, whatever it was, he didn't look like the Thomas Partey I've been used well, to you're, seeing. You're, you're talking about a team that had a tough tournament. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. they and and let let their let their nation down really to be honest, you know, because yes. they would have expected them to get to at least quarter final, maybe semi final stage. You know, should oh, crash out at that stage, and I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on them as well. And that pressure saps you of your energy and creates fatigue as well when you're carrying yeah. the weight of a nation on your back, and especially a nation like the nations that are in this tournament. Their yeah. expectation is huge at that level for those 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 nations. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. But um, yeah, interesting tournament still rocking on. There's still another, I suppose, a week to ten days. I suppose still to go on it nearly at this stage, you know. So we'll definitely check out the quarterfinals and the semis. And what we'll do is we'll get a, we'll be back on again with another Afcon update. We are one of only very few football podcasts out there. The upper tier, remember the name on YouTube, that is actually covering the Afcon. Most of them aren't even covering it, and it's surprising with the amount of talent from the Premier League that's playing in it. Yeah, but. Don't don't be surprised. They don't have the encyclopedic knowledge that we would have on football oil, and that's you know you can't buy this in the shop. It doesn't. They don't even give it to you on FIFA anymore. You've either got it or you don't. 
knowledge is king, my friend. Until next time, this has been the Upper Tier, your AFCON update, where we looked at the round of 16 and we're into the quarterfinals and we touched on some of the hot topics. Let us know your thoughts on the AFCON down in the comments. As always, like, share and subscribe. Audio versions of the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, as always. If you want to hit us up, the Upper Tier Podcast on Gmail. We'll also be clipping this show. There's no doubt there'll be clips out there on TikTok without a shadow of a doubt. Support us on all the platforms as much as you can and help us to grow the show. Till next time, my friend. Thanks, brother. Take it easy.